walk into this room at your own risk because it leads to the future not a future that will be but one that might be this is not a new world it is simply an extension of what began in the old one it has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time it has refinements technological advances and a more sophisticated approach to the destruction of human freedom. But like every one of the superstates that preceded it, it has one iron rule. Logic is an enemy and truth is a menace. The Chancellor, the late Chancellor, was only partly correct. He was obsolete. But so is the state, the entity he worshipped. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for mankind. Ladies, gentlemen, and to all my Reese's pieces in between, yo, this is yo nig. This is yo spick. Yo, this is your host. Yo, it's Soap Opal again with another episode of the Soap Opal Incognito Podcast, that aka the Spick Podcast, better known as the Arizona Soul podcast when I'm, I'm saying with my lovely co-host that I'm too busy doing some family things so I can't be mad at him. I just came back from grocery shopping my damn self. Uh, but again, welcome. And with all the news and whatnot so I, that I want to get into, I do want to just give a quick little reminder that you can always check out our website and dedication page at www.arizonasellpodcast.com. You can submit things, click on things to emails and whatnot. It'll even bring up a phone number for everyone to leave a voicemail message to talk your shit. I highly recommend it, and you're more than welcome. Again, that phone number is 480 480- Five eight eight four six eight eight. If you're out of the state of Arizona, you can dial one four eight zero five eight eight four six eight eight. Again, you just drop your line and talk your shit. If ever you want to become a producer of the show, by all means, you can visit www.patreon.com/soapopple. Matter of fact, if you f with the cash app yourself, you can just put in soapopple capital S O U L capital P A P O. It also works on most social medias, gmails, and whatnots. Um, now, again, I wanted to go right into this news that that going on this past week, and I really wish my partner uh, Tyrone was here to be able to, you know, kind of go into all this mess with me, especially with the losses and whatnot that I know uh, we've kind of, or people everywhere else have kind of really covered to death. Uh, but one of the things, and again, speaking of death in itself, um, watched the movie Us this weekend, and I could not recommend uh, another movie for you to watch if you're into thrillers and jump scares. And it's not the horror movie that I think people were kind of big up in it to be, but it kind of is when you go into the deeper underlying message of it all. And that's not to say that so much the overall theme of this episode, but it's funny how that in itself, the theme of what that was about, I mean, fits in every sort of series, uh, in every scenario, in every sort of just tidbit and bullshit that seems to pop off. And that's just to show that we're all fucked as a people. Like, it's, you know what I'm saying? And I'm a very God-fearing man, but it, it, it baffles me that we've had the um, the Noah's Arks of the world, the, you know what I'm saying, these 
ice age sort of things that flush certain shit down and allow the, you know, the tiny little bit to start over and to do things like it's no wonder. And as fucked up as it sounds, please believe I don't I don't I don't want to lose my cushy life of having Wi-Fi and you know things and items easily accessible and delivered and whatnot. Shout out to Amazon Prime. Like you know what I'm saying, it's a hard life to, to everything to go back. But when I see the current generations, when I see us evolving and moving forward, there's some shit, some folks, some types. That seem to be stuck in and in the mock and mark of, of of retardation, for lack of a better word, and it doesn't make any sense to me. Now, recently, and I'm a, I'm gonna kind of keep it local because again, I'm an Arizona boy, Phoenix uh, native for the longest, and one of the uh, I guess you can call it suburb. I mean, technically, it's a home of the city, Avondale. Again, it's just it's it's just a butt crack away from from Phoenix. And anyway, there's a 15-year-old girl, now she's 15, who was being charged as an adult over a fucked-up case of say, a drug deal gone wrong. And when I trip out about, because again, this chick, you you look at her, her name is Miss Ariana Ramirez, typical, right? A big name. Uh, but she was 14 at the time. Her and her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jesus Carbonhall, a.k.a. Jesus Carbajal, uh, who was 18, again, and his homie Felix Rios. They met up another group back July of 18 at a Taco Bell, literally, not very far from where I stayed, not to kind of give my geographics, uh, you know, too close and whatnot, but they were originally going to do a drug deal, and then Ramirez and her friends had planned, I guess, to rob the other group instead, you know what I'm saying? Shit, why make a transaction if you can come up? See, and that's where I feel, and again, I'm not I'm not claiming to be no nigga from the streets, I'm saying street codes and whatnot, but it's unfair business practices like this that fuck up the game. Well, apparently, Carbajal, he had pulled out a gun, told the other group to give them what they had. And then there was a 17-year-old boy who tried to run away. That motherfucker got blasted when he tried to do that. And I guess they're trying, I don't know if they're trying to pin it, pin, pin it on Ramirez, who's the young female. Uh, but apparently, she's the one. Why It looks like, all right, so she, Ramirez didn't do the shooting. but she was, And apparently, she was even sitting in the car at the time. But I guess was on board with the robbery plan and was actually the one that suggested killing them. So what's fucked up is that the boyfriend, the 18-year-old, the adult, booked it, took off. They believe he's in Mexico right now, of course, with a name like his. And this bitch got stuck here, and she's being charged as an adult. Now, again, it's not like like I see that as being fair. It's not like I want this bitch to you know, have you know, the upper hand. You look at her. She's cute, you know what I'm saying? You can tell she's going she's, she's gonna definitely hold it up, you know what I'm saying, in the years to come. So in, in one case, I mean, you can probably stop her from, from making a mess of babies and, you know what I'm saying, over assisting with the overpopulation of this world, her being Latina, and you know what I'm saying, you know how, the, how they like to spread and breed. But at the same fucking token, she's so young. To charge her as an adult, I mean, who knows how many years they're going to give this little bitch. And regardless of it being good for her, you know what I'm saying? It's just... Uh, and and, then, it, and then, then I get caught up. And again, I'm talking to myself here in my fucking closet room, you know what I'm saying, with the microphone. But I really do think to myself, like, is that the baddest thing for her? Because obviously she's doing this trifling shit at such a young fucking age, fucking around with people five, five years older than her. And besides that, again, she's a child. She's a teenager. And again, I mean, so you, can, you can get all Romeo, Juliet, Texas laws and try to, you know, uh, defend their love. But still, I mean, point blank, 
she's a teen fucking around with an adult doing some adult ass activities and you know what I'm saying it I can't be too mad but it, it is baffling and then it kind of makes me think like well damn like as messed up as it is to give someone so many because again we haven't nowhere in the, in the, in the there has been an update about how long they're gonna give her but they are gonna try her as an adult so again as far as robbery goes and you know how hard they might want to throw the book at the little bitch to not kind of give her any kind of influence or belief that you know what I'm saying that that this shit kind of it gets taken lightly it's just it's going to be a very hard lesson to have to learn and that's and that's a bitch for this bitch now speaking of another bitch you caught a real bad lick I don't know if you heard about the black woman I'm not trying to call a black woman no bitch but I'm just saying the black woman was beaten by a white man with a gun and wouldn't you fucking believe it? The police charged her with damaging his truck. Now, uh, I guess on the night with the when there was a gun pull, some punches were thrown in a car, windows were smashed. I guess they transformed Dallas into the latest uh, flashpoint of uh, criminal justice and race relations. And I guess everything had just started with a motherfucking simple traffic dispute. Now I'm gonna try my best to pronunciate her name. And I'm definitely going to extricate it because um, it looks real extricated. Uh, her name was Ladang Janiqui Lee. Ladang Janiqui Lee. And she was, uh, I guess, going down the wrong way on a one way street in the Deep Alum neighborhood on, um, was it back in March 21st? I guess she was dropping off a friend, from according to what she said. Uh, there's a dude named Austin uh, Shuffield who was 30 and. Um, I guess he was trying to leave the parking lot. Well, he, I guess, tried taking a picture of her license plate. And then Ms. Lee, who was 24 years old, threatened to mace him if he didn't back away. So according to the alpha dated and also a bystander who you can actually check out a video of. And I will include the link uh, into the show notes below or in the bio. However it is that you ingesting this. Capture the video of what had happened. And Shuffield, the, the dude who is white... Uh, clutches a pistol at his side and steps towards Lee, who is black. And again, we're kind of, I know we're making this a race thing, but let's say call it for what it is. And uh, and again, justly appropriate. Uh, she then pulls out her phone to dial 911. Shuffield, the white man, swaps or slaps or swats the, the phone to the ground. And then Lee connects a punch. Then Sheffield winds up, I guess, for the last, like, well, for at least five hard blows to this bitch's head, sending her reeling, and then he kicks her phone down the street. Now, again, the video apparently had you know rolled across social medias and throughout Dallas, where protesters and community activists suggested that Lee's race played a role in a lesser misdemeanors for Shuffield because he is a white man and was urged more serious charges against him. But a felony charge is what landed first, and that was from Miss Lee, the assault victim. So again, as fucked up as it sounds, that's what he's getting hit with. And apparently he is definitely getting in some sort of trouble. Um, but apparently it was just, I guess, being intoxicated and then uh, battery or assault is, is, I think, how they phrased it. And that shit is just a misdemeanor. So the fact that not only was this man publicly intoxicated which again is a bad thing uh and, and again he had stopped and forget how they phrased it and i guess the article that i have in front of me doesn't have it the way that i had read it earlier um he had stopped a 911 call so i guess because she was in distress 
uh, he technically had tampered with making an emergency call because again he kicked fucking slapped the goddamn phone out of her hand. So technically because of that and then the assault, those were his only. I, I guess it was called um, interfering with an emergency call and assault, which again are all just misdemeanors. This bitch gets pissed because she got fucking socked by goddamn times, and there were some hard blows. Like this, either either that bitch is hella strong or he's a big bitch motherfucker, which I'm sure he is because he's beating a woman. So I mean that just goes to show you right there. But the fact that he gave her five good blows that should have knocked down a man. And this bitch just kept on trucking and then again proceeded to smash the fucking windows off his truck. Which is only understandable because, again, he was being a bitch, trying to catch her up. She ain't about that life because, you know, who knows what the fuck her backstory is. And, you know what I'm saying, violence ensued. But, again, the fact that he got hit with some misdemeanors and this bitch got hit with a fucking felony... It don't make no damn sense. It's the reason why we're making this a race thing. Because why else would she get shit on and he be allowed to do such fuckery? You know what I'm saying? At the same time, this bitch should, should know to not get so... I mean, see, again, everyone should have known the roles. Now, if you want to start from, you know, who who came, who came got shit fucked up first, she was going down the wrong way. On a one-way street. Bitch, that's dangerous. He had reason to, you know what I'm saying, to want to... You know, I can snap a picture and be a good citizen. We'll call it that, right? But because she's threatening him with mace, now you're now you're fucking aggravating this motherfucker. Now we're gonna square up. But with that being said, she did land the first punch. You can say she might have started some shit. Well, this motherfucker ended it. And but again, she, she could not be without her revenge. So it's like it's like it ain't it ain't nothing right. But again, it's it's a whole lot more around the fact that the ex, the fucking incredible extent this motherfucker did, and then to get a whole lesser punishment. So it's like you can't expect for a war not to fucking ensue, and you can't expect for fucking race baiters to not jump on this shit, and it'd be like goddamn kerosene or gasoline on top of already very lit fire. Can I get a motherfucking hallelujah? No, no, not not even that. But can I get a no fucking shit? Alright, so another dumb fuckery of uh, black versus white. A California woman gets fired after she targeted a man who was wearing a MAGA hat up in Starbucks. Now, this chick, who was a black woman, uh, was working at Starbucks. She sees this old man, and I mean, you look at the dude, I mean, he looks like he's been through some shit. He got the muffin chops and a pretty gnarly, raspy beard. But he definitely fucking stands out with that Make America Great Again hat. Well, this dude, again, just ordering it. I mean, it doesn't say anything about him making any sort of statement or any kind of nothing. Which, again, just wearing the hat itself I mean, makes a very bold declaration. So, I mean, know your place when you wear that fucking hat. Know that you're going, you know what I'm saying, uh, sour some pusses with that kind of thing. Well, but the thing that I guess it annoyed me, and again, will make any fucking race get real pissed at this bitch. For making such a scene and, you know, going on Facebook, asking people if, you know, if they know him. I guess, I don't know how the hell she took a picture of him. Uh, but I guess called him out for living in Palo Alto. This woman uh, later identified as Rebecca Mankey. Uh, again, posted pictures and all this whatnot, looking for him, hoping that when they see him, that they could, you know, smash this motherfucker on sight. As if this old fucking man, no, as if this bitch was Nipsey Hussle, representing all the bloods and crips and, you know, trying to get these sets to stomp on his ass. This old ass man, again, he's just wearing a hat, y'all. We talk about free speech. We talk about, you know what I'm saying, uh, freedom of religion. We talk about all these things and all these rights that we supposedly have, understand that regardless of how it makes other motherfuckers 
motherfuckers feel if you're being peaceful about shit? Why are motherfuckers messing with you? Again, it's that double entendre, it's that double-edged sword, it's that, uh, not stereotype, but typecast, it's that double standard of things. And when you make enemies, just understand, <clears throat> when you're trying to make enemies out of people, understand how, just how loud you're being and how much of a target you're now becoming Again, to be educated to whether we want to bring this and make this into a race war or a who did right, who did wrong war. Like, it's a lot of nonsense. It's a lot of BS. And to, to do that, I mean, you you asking for trouble. So, I mean, so once you got fired, like, it made sense. Why are you, you supposed to be working the fucking time. And I'm pretty sure they have a no fucking phone policy, even though we see every single bitch with that big ass fucking phone hanging out her goddamn ass cheek pocket. So, again, that goes without being said. But... You on the clock, you talking this shit, you're making this a personal matter, maybe use security footage. I don't know what to showcase this man. And again, for why? Because he wore a fucking hat? Like, calm the fuck down. Don't don't fuck it up for us, melanated people. You see, we're trying to keep the peace, and you are trying to get buck. And motherfucking Palo Alto, like, like it's a big deal. I don't know. I, I don't know why that upset me. But it also, again, it just, it it's, it's bait. It's fuel to the fire that's going to get everyone fucking all jazz hands up and ready to do something. And it don't got to be like that. Not over some stupid motherfucking hat. You know, so it's funny, again, the things that we gravitate to, the things that we jump at, the things that capture our attention, that we kind of become consumed and obsessed with. And again, not even to downplay, again, the reason why people are going to get so upset over a hat, so upset over a culture, so upset over a, a race divide. Again, it's just that's how things become, and especially with the shit that we consume and the things that kind of, again, we don't know how some things are going to affect anybody. I mean, I've, be, I've been getting a lot of shit for making my team look bad, and I, and I I don't mean to do that and I'll get into that in a different time, a different day, but it's like, you gotta understand that when something's on a media platform, it's meant to either educate, not to say exonerate, it's meant to amplify, it's meant to make you feel some sort of way, you know what I'm saying, it's my job and my pleasure to upset you and make you laugh. All at once. But again, I'm getting off subject. Recently, there was a story about a dude who apparently was found. Uh, not, not, not even, I was trying to make a fucking Patrick with Sun joke, but no, it didn't come out, nor did I. I try to, I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yes. Timothy Pitzen uh, was apparently a little boy who I guess had vanished back in 2011 at the age of six. And this dude came forward and said that he was him he said that he was being held captive for years by these two dudes who were physically and sexually abusing him now after uh coming up with the dna test they found out that this timothy ain't the timothy that should be i don't know 14 17 years old it's a 20 year old felon named brian rini who apparently had come clean in some documents that were released, uh, pretty much saying that he heard about this kid watching 2020 and figured he wanted the fuck out of his own family and thought that by, you know, was claiming to be this kid that, you know what I'm saying, he'd be able to, um, I don't know, to live with his family, to earn whatever maybe trust fund that, that, that might have been waiting for him. Like, I don't know what this dude could have saw and then thought to himself, Oh, well, I'm going to do that so that, I don't know, people can feel sorry for me. People can praise me for a little bit and, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and big up me. Maybe get me another job or <clears throat> I don't fucking know what he expected to be able to get to get out of it. But the, the fact that there's people who think of this shit, 
that try to scheme ways to fill in to be a missing person just to get out of their own life. Like, there's so much that says, I mean, there's so much that, that it, it's, it's so telling is what I'm trying to say because you got to think about how bad do you have it? How bad have we created an illusion of the need for more than just basic survival and you know what i'm saying water shelter food you know what i'm saying love i mean you know what i'm saying not only does does well, i'm trying to think of the, the scripture but not only does does love cure all but it's literally something that we physically need or else we die, whether it be dying on the inside or like an infant, you know, who, you know, the orphans that are kind of abandoned, if they don't have like a wet nurse or whatever it is that come and check on them, they can literally physically die for not having touch, for not having some kind of skin-to-skin -skin contact, you know what I'm saying, just that very fucking thing, I mean, drives us mad, can drive an adult mad, can drive people into depression, can, you know what I'm saying, lead us to do so many sickening things i mean shit suicide uh just violence you, just, you know what i'm saying the, the list can can go on into the into the ram you know saying to the negative ramifications that it can think dwindle there within and and then actually and I, I, on the subject of you know what I'm saying fake ass people especially just because again that you, that's as fake as you can be the fake being a you know i'm saying a little boy was kidnapped and then to think of a backstory and then probably sitting on i don't know how many plungers you know what i'm saying all up in his asshole to try just in case there's gonna be some forensic evidence like and but yet to be doing by a simple dna test i mean who knows how deep the rabbit hole would have went in his in his endeavor um but rachel dollazal forget how you say it um you remember the white woman claiming to be black. She was, I think she was like the head something in that NCAA. It was, it was crazy. And then she, got, I guess, and then to, to really try to get her black card, she committed some welfare fraud. Well, she, this would shut me up. So if I remember the stories, y'all can do your Googles. Y'all can remember. We've, we've talked about so many extensively. Well, again, she got hit with, you know what I'm saying, trying to get her black card and so on, some welfare card fraud shit. Uh, which again, she came from was pretty well-to-do family, but I'm pretty sure once she became black, you know, saying her proud white, uh, probably Nordic heritage family, you know, kicked her to the, out the fucking house. Well, apparently she scammed about nine thousand dollars from some of that government aid, and from for those nine G's, which mind you, nine G's doesn't come cheap, man. That's that's a that's a a good couple checks. You know what I'm saying? Good couple checks. Like I did actually I actually did some math. And I figured to pay off them nine. Oh, that, the reason why I did this, man, because apparently all she has to do for the nine G's that she scanned is do 120 hours of community service. Now I did the math, so that's about three weeks worth of pay, 120 hours, because that's like three increments of a 40-hour shift. So for those three weeks of work that she's gonna do, you know, and I'm just considering it. If she imagine she's doing a full eight hours, five days a week. She's getting paid $75 an hour in order to pay that off. According to the math, again, of these 120 community service hours that she has to do to pay off that that $9,000 scam, you know what I'm saying, from the government aid. And that trips me out. I'm thinking, fuck, is that is that white privilege? Because I, I don't get paid $75 an hour. I love to. You know what I'm saying? For as long as the shit that I fucking do on the goddamn phones. And if you're then trying to get this bitch out and publish. And, you know what I'm saying? Trying not to interfere with family life or, or deal with the repercussions that come from, you know what I'm saying? From taking the time to do it. Like, $75 an hour. I'll do it. 
And then, but the fact that she frauded, she schemed, and she still delusioned to believe that she's right because she's white but claims to be black. I just I just feel like she got the, the you know what I'm saying? She got that white privilege at the end of the deal. You know what I'm saying? People get the shit end of the stick. You know what I'm saying? She got a little something better, if you ask me. So can I hate? I mean, maybe just a little bit. But again, I guess that's just, I mean, how it is, right? You know, we, we have the cards that we play. And you know what I'm saying? We deal them out. We deck them out. You you you, uh, you, what's it? you dish them out when, as as you see fit. You dish them out as they come or you play by ear. Whatever it is uh, that it is. I mean, it is what it is. And one of the things that also tripped me up, because, again, it's part of the political schemes and it's part of the propaganda of shit especially when we're just fighting to see who's going to be the representative for whatever side of the fence i felt a little bad for mr joe biden now when i looked at him you know what i'm saying when i think of meme culture and what he meant you know behind uh, obama and and usually if house of cards taught us anything it's just to kind of keep someone in there just, just to fuck up and you know what I'm saying smile and nod and you know what I'm saying look uh, real appreciative he always did that. You know what I'm saying? If if if, if he was ever the bottom bitch of uh, the you know, the presidency, I mean he, he was that. You know what I'm saying? Look real proud of his man, that, that number one, Mr. Obama. And uh, the fact that he's trying to make his uh you know, his roundup is his no I'm saying his claim to fame. But now that he's trying to make you know, take the top seat, you know, you figure who else would be more qualified than someone who, you know what I'm saying, sat in the number two position. If you wanna call it that, if you even believe that they have any, you know, actual factual, you know, cause or, or need, uh, besides, you know, kinda being the B side, so to speak. But I mean, but sometimes the B sides can make the strongest cuts. So, with all that being said, Mr. Joe Biden, he's on the on the campaign trail, so to speak, to see, you know, if he's gonna be one of the top contenders in the Democratic Party and the viciousness of his own people, his own sector, the people trying to, again, fight for that fucking seat because for whatever reason we look at a left and a right and he's that he's that left side. And uh, anyway, so he's out and about doing his thing, and he's getting accusers now. And mind you, I always thought this dude kind of kept it close to the, you know what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't like Dick Cheney. That motherfucker was hard as hell, doing whatever the fuck he wanted to do. And Joe Biden, I want to say Biden, but I'm thinking the wrong bitch motherfucker. He, he's not like that. And the closest they can come to try to dish some dirt is to have some bitches say, and yes, I'm using bitches in the most derogatory way possible because that's how I feel about them right now, especially this time. Early, maybe not so much, but this time most definitely. Same to him and his inappropriate touching. Now, there's endless videos and and, uh, and pictures of, you know what I'm saying, him rubbing a shoulder or, or him kind of giving a peck uh, on the forehead, which, you know, usually that, that's part of the shtick of when you're on the campaign trail. You kiss babies, you know what I'm saying? You you hug widows and you know what I'm saying? And you glorify things being made in America. You know what I'm saying? So it shouldn't be that big of a deal. And honestly it feel like like it wasn't. But they wanted to throw some kind of dirt. Just so that again we can plant some kind of mustard seed. Yes, biblical references to try to, you know, grow it out into into outrageous proportions. And I hope that it didn't work as far as, you know, ma causing any kind of major damage because he was able to create a statement just saying, look, I never intended for that and I do apologize and this lets me know now more than ever not to be within five, you know, five feet of a bitch because you really can't because, again, they can confuse that. Whether people confuse kindness for weakness or people can confuse someone being nice to someone kind of coming on strong, 
again, it, it really is in the eye of the beholder. Same reason why I'm you know, saying a ratchet bitch will be someone's, you know, his Beyonce queen. You know, it's just it's ridiculousness. But these are sort of things that you face. And I can see that shit kind of spiraling down when it comes to, again, the left versus right. Once it kind of gets down to the wire, whether it be the final four or whether it be just, you know, the, the last, you know, the last man standing going for the, you know, I'm saying for the last vote. But for this to start off now, I'm like, man, these motherfuckers are real thirsty and they're grasping at straws. So, and it's funny because the two people that, that are accused were able to forgive and say, okay, well, this is just for the bigger message of, you know, don't fucking step up too close to me, which is all that I got from that, which, again, we should all be more cautious now than ever. And it's funny because the dips and ties and turns that we make both in, like, the music that we have to then, again, how we kind of approach things, you know, um, from, from a PR kind of standpoint. And then it kind of makes me look, and I'll talk about entertainment news later on, but it makes me look like a Kodak Black. And how, I mean, he's calling out young M.A., who's a dyke from some part in New York. And he's just, I think I'm from, from Atlanta, I'm not too sure, somewhere somewhere south, maybe Florida. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? Just calling her out, using the dyke term, which I, I use very freely. But he just, the way he was doing it, I'm just like, mm-mm, you don't say that very often. I don't think you say that very often. We know him to, you know what I'm saying, throw some Atlanta shit. And I guess I should talk about him later on because he threw out some disrespects. In a place where I don't feel like that's right, even even in this trolling era. Um, <clears throat> but regardless, again, shout out to Mr. Joe Biden, uh, keeping his pit pants strong, seeming to be the most squeaky clean out the bunch. So I mean, so what uh, we expect to kind of get from this upcoming election cycle? We'll wait for that time because it's, it's still too early to call. But I wanted to throw that out there. If y'all heard about things like that again, he was I think he was consoling one lady who his her husband was like getting a, some kind of a uh, metal or something of something that nature and he just again he you know did some shoulder tapping but I mean it was on live TV it was at his speech like you talk about hiding in plain sight I mean I, I doubt there was ill will in it but again people try to flip whatever it is that they see however it is that they see fit which actually brings me to my last little point I'm just gonna I'm gonna go right into it um after like countless losses, both I'm, I'm sure from people in the congregation, the community, hundreds that I'm pretty sure, who knows how many more that had died due to suicide. Guess who fucking joined the 21st century? The Mormon Church finally uh, is allowing for people that are a part of the LGBTQ. I am not sure if there's more letters into that. They're allowing them to be baptized. Now, one of the biggest stigmas, especially in in the Mormon community, or for lack of a better word, because I know that can kind of seem offensive to those part of the, uh, those folks who are part of the oh, fuck, what is it called? LT LDS, the Latter Day Saints. You know, you know who I'm talking about when I say Mormons. See what I'm saying? And and for the longest time, you know, not only you know is there like a war on porn. But most certainly a war on you know, the gays, you know, lack of a better word. You can call it LGBTQ, but that's, you know what I'm trying to say. And to think that, you know, not too long ago, like, they finally had, like, I think it was like, the first, like, woman, I don't know, like, preacher or priestess or mistress or I don't, I'm sure what they call it, high, high priest, whatever it is. I mean, it, mind you, we all can be late to the game, and, and as we're evolving, we can just, you know, be happy for the small little cliques you know, or notches on the belt to finally, you know, be the, be relaxed. Um, the fact that, that they're kind of allowing for them to be embraced and be baptized, you're now saying that it's, that that is not a sin. And again, we try to hold it so close to the wire of that being part of the, the lustfulness that is the flesh. 
and to to think or to know that now that they can be baptized and again they say to be baptized is to is to allow for the holy spirit to wash over you and to be one in christ and i honestly feel like that isn't entirely necessary to be close to god but i mean what the fuck do i know uh, i just know that it's a good look that they're now allowing that because i can't imagine how many people had lost their lives not only not being a, a part of the community in which they probably had grew up in or that you know they had found love in but to then think that they're kind of being cat not castrated but cast out to be shunned you know what i'm saying and which will make you think oh well some cult like shit right you can't be part of the community and i think that's more um a jehovah witnesses but still like for for those folks like to be able to be pushed away again from the only thing that they know you know i'm sure draw people to madness i'm sure draw people to atheism i'm sure draw them to some maybe some uh not very healthy things so to think that finally, after so many years, that that's finally, you know what I'm saying, allowed, that's just, that's a big up. So shouts out to them. And I hope that uh, more people can not be pushed away from, and mind you, you can look at religion as, as organized cult-like shit where, you know what I'm saying, they just throw whatever kind of uh, dolly whopper out there to make you believe in whatever the hell, but there's deeperness to that. And I'm, I'm not going to get too much into it now because I'm trying to rush this thing so I can do my thing in the evening time and hopefully have this out for y'all enjoyments. But yeah, big ups to that. And let's go wrap it up for the U.S. news. Yo, let's take this motherfucker around the world. Bring this far back to the world I guess we could possibly try to take it because technically speaking, I know that we are owned very much by uh, China. So I don't know how worldly we can call them if technically they own most neighborhoods out here. But apparently China says that it's going to crack down on all types of synthetic opioid fentanyl following a plea that I guess that they have with the U.S. Now they're saying that all fentanyl-related substances will be added to China's list of controlled narcotic drugs starting the beginning of this May. And it follows a pledge that Beijing had made during a U.S.-China trade talks back in December. Now, the very powerful painkiller, much of it is believed to be made in China, is said to be driving a huge rise in drug addiction in the U.S. You know, we, could, we could say it's the, the fall of the white man. Now, the number of deaths from painkillers such as fentanyl led to uh, President Donald Trump declaring a national emergency back in 2017. Now, the U.S. is concerned, and this is in quotes, saying the U.S. is concerned about all variants of fentanyl, and it's all been resolved, apparently, to Lu Yingjing, Deputy Director of China's Narcotics Control Commissions, supposedly. And Mr. Lu had also said and claimed that China was the main source of fentanyl and that it lacked evidence and instead blamed the history of abuse of prescription medicines in the U.S. for fueling the demand. Now, they're saying that they believe that the U.S. itself is the main factor of the abuse in fentanyl there and that some people link drunk consumption with freedom, individuality, and liberation. And if the U.S. really wants to solve the fentanyl substance problem, they have more work to do uh, domestically. And that's a, that's a big FU coming from China because fentanyl itself is already on China's list of controlled drugs. Expanding the list to all fentanyl-related substances is aimed at stopping smugglers from changing formulas to the uh, circumvent the law. And apparently fentanyl is estimated to be 50 to 100 times stronger than morphine and is usually only approved in the U.S. for severe pain uh, arising in cases like treatment for cancer and whatnot. So again, this is a very big deal in the sense that, <laughs> you know, one must never get high on their own supply. And that seems to be the fucking case that even they ain't trying to fuck with. So, I mean, that that says a lot. And the fact that, again, we're just 
over consuming and overindulging again that's also saying a lot too of the kind of world that we live in and the kind of you know escapisms that you know saying we choose to concur now i mean myself you know i'm saying you know i, I dabble in you know saying, a little bit of herbalness you can call it marijuana you can call it weed you can call it dope you know what i'm saying we do what it is that we do and we does but when that shit motherfucker leads to death, well then, you know what I'm saying, we're, that's when we got an epidemic. And we certainly have a lot of that, but at this very same time, we're very overpopulated. You know what I'm saying? So, to the winner goes to spoils, I don't fucking know. But speaking about taking it all, though, from, uh, I can't even think of anything funny. So you have to finalizing her divorce from Amazon founder, Jeff Bezos, Mackenzie Bezos, lands at the number four spot on the list of world's richest women. Now, Miss Mackenzie Bezos will retain 25% of the couple's stock in Amazon, or about 4% stake in the entire company. She announced from a newly created Twitter account that uh, the stake is worth approximately $36 billion per Amazon's current share price. And that fortune again makes Bezos a writer, uh, the fourth richest woman in the entire world, behind franchises like L'Oreal, uh, the heiress of uh, Walmart, and someone from, I forget where else, but again, Bezos is nearly tied to, with the third woman of the, oh, okay, here we go, by the Mars Candy, okay, it was a candy company, so Mars Candy Company, I didn't know that was that big, but she's at 37 billy, so Again, according to Forbes, I mean, she's she's that top on the list. And to think that, you know, because what was it? They, when they made the announcement of ending the 25 years of marriage, you know, it put a lot of spotlight not only on the situation, showing kind of how far they were already on it. And, I mean, technically, I believe it was just a cover-up to kind of make up for those dick pics they may have leaked on there just to kind of say, look, look, you know, we've been ending this. This is this has been happening. We're making this public. So, again, very convenient that that was happening at the time, just like Kevin Spacey's bitch ass when he finally came out the closet. It ain't the community. It was about to come out when he talked about fucking raping little boys. So it's like they do what they do. I mean, they as in them. Uh, you don't seem to, to control the media or to at least, you know, cause a little bait and switch or slide of hand tricks or, you know, saying, look, look, look over here. Just so, again, they can kind of direct traffic and, and maybe be the first one on the main beat, you know, saying to kind of to try to control the situation. And again, you know, it, it sucks after 25 years, of, you know, saying of I'm assuming being a down ass bitch because she looks sweet as hell. You know, what I'm saying that she was cute. That's just pretty than the fake ass fucking reporter that he's fucking with. But. Uh, regardless, I mean, not a bad uh, leg to stand on after seen, committing your whole life uh, to being by someone's side. And as shitty as I'm sure it, it must have hurt, I mean, she got left with some good money. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of motherfuckers waiting to be a sugar baby. You know what I'm saying? To dick her down properly. And uh, what's that? How's that song go? Uh, was it the sweet uh, something? Uh, tears and miss? No, no, no. I know Marilyn Manson did a cover. I can't. I can't believe I can't think of the fucking song. But who am I to disagree? <laughs> Shouts out to Abba, and I think it's called, it's called Sweet Dreams. I just know they say that shit twenty times in the song. Anyways, um, the next article I wanted to go into comes from the Atlantic. And it's kind of like the biggest sum up of all the bullshit that seems to be winning. I mean, scams are winning, they say. And the American language suggests that grift can be separated from everything else. 
but American life suggests otherwise. Now, again, shout out to Megan Garber, who releases back on the 5th, stating that last month, shortly again after the special counsel's office delivered the results on Robert Mueller's investigation into the Russian collusion back in the 2016 elections to the Justice Department, and then shortly after, Attorney uh, General Williams Barr sent like a fucking four-page summary of the years in the making report to Congress, and then shortly after, President Donald Trump signed up the summary by declaring that report um, uh, amounted to a total exoneration well, the University of Southern California law professor Oren Kerr had posted a, a tweet stating, Imagine if the star reported had been provided only to President Clinton's attorney general, Janet Reno, uh, and who then read it privately and then published a four-page letter based on her private reading stating her conclusion that President Clinton committed no crimes. Now, Kerr's framing uh, the situation struck a nerve because the tweet was liked more than 69,000 times, shout out to the word, number 69, and then retweeted 22,000 times. One of the retweeters was Monica Lewinsky, who added her own perspective to Kerr's imagining, saying, If fucking only. <laughs> now, imagine if, though, it turned out that captures something about a report that contains to hover in a purgatorial uh, place that the thing is 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 done but not really it's completed but not as yet conclusive it exists in a state of suspended animation so the house of representatives in mid-march voted 420 to zero to release the report again a display of bipartisanship that itself typically exist these days now merely in the imagined terms i'm doing air quotes even though you can't see it but quote unquote imagine um that again trump described the ongoing calls to share the document as a disgrace or a waste of time well a report that was conducted uh sensibly on behalf of the public its full contents kept invisible to the public and yet another shock that is thoroughly and surprising yet another outrageous thing that does its angering out of in the open with impunity and it's becoming a running joke over the past years in the summer of scam scam season the best scams of 2018 being ranked and shit grift in the air graft in the ether cons thriving in times of turmoil having their way in the weary and the hopeful now but the language of scam can be misleading precisely because the logic of scam has premeditated to american life so completely that it's it's found its own way into the Justice Department itself and the particular brand of absurdity at play in the report that one that translated into multi hundred page works of investigation into the and to the announcement of total exoneration. Now in a rule much more than its exception for every version of scam that can be neatly categorized as legal or allegedly so Tyrannos, the, uh, the fire festival, Enron, and the latest college admission scandal, a portion of the best scammers again of 2018. Now, there are so many others that live in the, in the liminal space of lower-grade swindle, scam, in that way it becomes its own false promise. It is too hopeful, it's overly na naive, and it assumes a world that does not exist. There's so much that becomes fair game, and after all, within a game that is rigged. Thanos, again, the blood testing company that went from great hope to great hoax almost overnight, was recently transformed into something else entirely, a media event. 
where the newspaper articles and the magazine articles and then the book and then the ABC documentary podcast and then the HBO documentary and then due time I'm sure uh, Jennifer Lowen starring feature film which she in fact got signed to play this bitch and what pewter bitch to fucking to, to do it now I would call it overkill except that having read the stories and, and hearing the podcast and watching the documentary and reading the motherfucking book she found out that like a vulture on the savannah ravenous and desperate and craving for more again being out for blood so what's the appeal especially when there's so many other scams made into stories that you know that are available a part of it might have to do with the mechanics on this particular con because any scam that manages to succeed as a scam if you squint a little when looking at it will also look pretty similar too I mean, let me call it competence. I mean, Theranos became a Silicon Valley unicorn with the valuation stretching to $9 billion with a B in part through means that are actually legal. So if effectively siloed uh, with workers to prevent, you know, intra-company gossip and it was exceptionally uh, litigious and with, with most staffers and anyone else who might have questions about the company's workings, its founder, Elizabeth Holmes, I mean, she charmed investors. Power brokers. I'm sure this bitch gave a little some some, and almost all of them wealthy and white, and older and male, until they believed in the stories the companies were selling about itself. I mean, that's the line between myths and lies, because they could also be a thin one. You know what I'm saying? Now, with this all, it, I mean, it can't be you know they get enough drama that goes, but notably you know bureaucratic. But that's I guess that's all part of the appeal because critics will sometimes characterize entertainment such as social networks and The Martian as you know competence porn. But I mean, it's named for the visceral thrill that you know comes with watching someone demonstrate both ability and cleverness when when tackling a specific task. And then to take it into the Theranos story in a way to experience a similar you know, some catharsis, Holmes and her deputy, Sonny Balwani, you know, they're extremely competent at fooling people. I mean, right up until the point, of course, where they couldn't and they weren't. And then the inventor, which is Alex Gibney's recent HBO documentary about Theranos, taps explicitly in the idea that Holmes famously, in retrospect, infamously named Theranos blood testing units after Thomas Edison and Gibney uh, embraces that connection as a central theme. And then he enters the, the story of the startup with shaky footage of Edison in his New Jersey laboratory, reminding viewers that Edison was the inventor who was also, by necessity, a tinkerer. Uh, Quote-unquote, I have not failed, he said. It, I guess it went into the creation of the functional uh, light bulb, and, then we, and he was quoted saying, I have just found 10,000 ways that it won't work. But the film, I guess, in comparison to Holmes and Edison, suggests that celebrated inventor was also a scammer of sorts. Because Edison, too, had to talk up his own ideas, even especially the most, uh, was it, thank, um, the one we had to win confidence to become the kind of faith uh, to fail those 10,000 10, times, you know, before the success came along. So myths are fragile things because it's a wild dream. And the Threnos story asks, if not a lie, that has yet to be made true. That's fucking, that's a mindfuck right there. So it's perverse question, but one that, again, is effectively and uncomfortably at home in this moment of atmospheric frauds. And what if Elizabeth Holmes, as her self-authored uh, mythology insisted, really was a second coming of Edison or Henry Ford and Steve Jobs? And what if she saw things in other ways others did not? And if she simply needed more funding, more faith, more time, well, then what if she just hadn't gotten to her 10,000 time yet? 
Holmes wasn't, and she didn't, and she hadn't, but in the world that was powered by hot air, the lines came warm and tangled and blurred. And then the first to think that you're crazy, then then they fight you, and then they change the world, Holmes had said, trying to defend herself that, and the lies that she had told in the name of creating a better life for everyone. So shortly after the adventure premiered on HBO, the fourth season of the darkly uh, comedic drama Billions premiered in Showtime, and the series centering around a cat and mouse game between a hedge fund founder and an illegal system that tries to hunt him down began like a anthropology of wealth. Uh, detailing the lives of the 1% with the precision that mingled tragedy and high comedy. But the show was then ex expanded far beyond its original uh, purview of New York City in, this, in the Southern District and then easily you know, expands into Greenwich, Connecticut. And the plot now involves a Russian algorithm in the Middle Eastern chic, prodding the show from its original cops and robbers drama to offer um, undicament of financial systems that implicates the shapes of lives of, of people around the world. So the central joke of billions is that in the show no normally concerned with justice but actually uh, premised around competition, it becomes effectively impossible to tell where the legal tricks end and the illegal ones begin. So again, that's I mean, just and and, the, and this article gets 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 even deeper and even better, and it goes into just I guess all the crookedness uh, that goes into this. And you know, we we you've heard the saying, you know, fake it till you make it. Well, I mean, how are you gonna sell me something fake, and then expect motherfuckers not to get pissed when they want their shit right away? And and I guess that's I mean part of the the tragedy of in business because you know so you're going bullshit while you can you're going to do what you can, and then I mean of course get mad as fuck when that ain't the case. Situation, how things started, how it popped off. But I I know you guys have heard about the loss uh, in hip hop, Mr. Nipsey Hussle. Uh, again, love and condolences out to Lauren London, his baby. Uh, for I'm sure just uh, confusing what WTF of, you know, what's going what's going on, can this be real, and what we're going to do now, um, it's such a trip, because, again, you, you talk, you think about, you know what I'm saying, lack of a better word, gangster music, which he definitely embodied, and it didn't sound like, and you can say that he was very positive, you can say that he was a really good businessman, you can say that, you know what I'm saying, he could, he was both nostalgic, yet still a breath of, a breath of fresh air, you can say all this and all those things to me very true, but at the same time, you got to take his content, his pedigree, and even the images that kind of he, he shows off in his music videos. Because for the longest time, especially for Victory Lab, he was making more fucking mini movies for, you know what I'm saying, for these tracks. And what's so crazy, and again, not, not as crazy as much as, you know, him losing his life, but most recently, because you know on Snapchat they'll they'll give you the oh this time last year or two years or however time hop ago, you know you were you know they re show you the post, and I had my baby dancing around fucking around, and I had Victory Lap playing in the background. Um, I think it was hustle either it was yeah, <coughs> it was either hustle and motivate yeah, it was either hustle and motivate, or the actual title track Victory Lap. And just tripped me out. Cause like, man, this time last year, because again, it had been a little over since a, a year since that record had come out. You know what I'm saying? He was, you know, out there promoting. He was out there doing his thing. And, you know, I'm sure he, I mean, he has enough of his little businesses to kind of keep him busy to where, you know, he can't be worrying about another record release too soon. I'm sure the music just happens when it happens when you're, when you're in a comfortable spot and not worried about labels and things of that nonsense. 
But again, to think that this time last year, he was in the news. He was in, he was he was making history. You know, saying he was doing his thing, and then to think that again, he was being impactful. But again, this isn't the kind of impactfulness where we're gonna hear a lot more of him. This is an impactfulness of yo. This is who we lost. And I know a lot of people in hip hop were uh, you know kind of showing their love and feeling their hurt, and a little bit you know what I'm saying that kind of pissed me off. And I, and I know I know I know this happens when you just when you came up out the blue, and of course. You can't expect everyone to know you, and of course, more people are going to know about you once, you know, they start showing you respect, and, and you know, and they start, you know, adding you or whatever. Um, but all of a sudden, you know, this little video that you know could have been a couple, couple thousand, maybe a couple hundred thousand, to say to say the least. Uh, and then all of a sudden, next day after all this news, oh, he's in the he's he's in the million mark, which again is nice and it's great, and hopefully his baby gets to, you know, saying eat, eat off of that. It's just like, you know, and, and I can't even be mad at motherfuckers bandwagoning because, again, they're just getting to know him. But it's, it's just a trip that it took this, again, to, to get that. And and who knows what kind of business deal was going on with this Eric Holder or I'm, I'm trying not to confuse him with Eric Garner. Um, I know there was a lot of BS happening with him. And him trying to come up and him trying to be a rapper and fucking even, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of this cat, but Joyner, something, the guy, I remember he was doing some songs with, uh, uh, who was it? I knew he was doing with, with songs with Eminem, and I don't know why the hell Eminem put him on so many of his fucking songs, uh, but he was, he, was, he was trying to come up, I guess he was in, in Joyner Lucas, he was all up in his DMs, I guess, trying to, you know, get shit popping off, and I'm not too sure, because uh, I remember hearing that, that this dude, Eric, had uh, just got out of jail, so I guess he was just trying to really get his hit, get his hustle on, and he went down to the shop, and you know we we know that we saw the videos and him blasting back at him, but I don't know if dude had dissed him. I don't know if he had told me, hey, he came back another time. I'm not too sure if he maybe denied one of his business propositions. I don't know what it is that got this man to hate the way that he did to come blasting at him after after just getting supposedly released out of jail or prison or wherever the hell he was doing time, like. That's just, that's, not only is that so pussy, but, like, damn, if you really just couldn't, like, <laughs> I remember Dave Chappelle saying this shit about the bitches that accused uh, Louis C.K. of showing their dick, and for him to be like, if it took one freckled dick to get you to quit the industry, to quit the dream or the pursuit of whatever happiness that you seeked, then you had a brittle spirit to begin with, and how the fuck could you even do it? So I feel like the same way with this cat, man. Like, what was he on to, to give in so fucking quickly? But um, again, shout out to someone who I was feeling, I was digging, I was excited to hear more from because there was a... I mean, you can say that he might have been prolific since the very beginning, but I didn't see that. I'm sorry. Um, it wasn't again until Victor Lat where I'm hearing him say these things, and I'm like, man, he really is on some poeticness. You know what I'm saying? I, it, it's hard to call someone a Pac. So, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I can't fully back those claims when people threw that out, but I can't say that I didn't, I didn't have profound respect for this guy. And to think, too, that before his passing, just a few days earlier, he was just doing a video with Lauren London, maybe on some kind of GQ or BuzzFeed or one of those things where they read questions at Wired. It was one of those publications on YouTube, and it just it seemed like so real. Like, he just he was just being himself, and to think that he was just handling business. It was any other day, and, it, you know, say so took a coward to say, come and, and take his life all because he didn't like his fucking answer now i can understand not taking no for an answer 
but that's just taking bitch to a whole new level. And it tripped me out to think that, I don't know if it was the Crips, the Bloods, or whatever team that he was repping, gave a full pass to go to go off on his ass on sight to think that whatever set you thought you claimed you done fucked up and you was minuscule to think that, you know, it could be a red versus blue, a left versus right, to not make motherfuckers get on you on sight. And, and then to think even more so that he was going to use that clout to be able to get isolation wherever the hell he's being kept up at out of fear for his life. Let that man re- get get justice raised upon him. I, I know that sounds dangerous, and you know what I'm saying? I would not like to be on the end of the stick and the spectrum, but it's like, man, that's that's all anybody wants. That's all everybody wants, I'm sure. You know, it's, it's just that, you know, to know he, he gets his as well, which I'm sure he will. But, you know, not everybody does. You know, the Comrade Bank is a motherfucker. But, um, yeah, R.I.P. To, to him. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, people who are working on albums now will hopefully use that verse that they might have been sitting on. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of culture vulturing with this because even this cat in my office, much love to my own guy, nothing against him, hopefully, of him on the show. And I didn't, I didn't get a big up on when I saw it. But, yeah, he was, he was sitting down with someone, and I saw that... Uh, that marathon clothing on on the back of his neck, and I felt like telling him, "Motherfucker, you ordered this online? How'd you get this?" But it was just I was busy coming back from a break. But I was, so so I'm I'm seeing stuff like that. I'm like, all right, man, look, this is, well, you know, it's, it's sad to see him go, but goddamn, death is good for business. And 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 again, as fucked up as that sounds, I mean, you can you can look into the books, do your googles. When there's wars popping off, the economy goes up. Again, could could that have been something? I mean, I don't fucking know. Could it have been the, him, his backing over this, over this documentary of the dude who goddamn had the cure for AIDS and cancer and all this other nonsense? I mean, hey, you know, Pfizer's a big motherfucker. That's the same reason why marijuana ain't legal. We know this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then even then, when I saw that, uh, uh, so was well, Lisa Left Eye Lopez was, you know, had her had her hand involved in that kind of thing too. I think that bitch's airplane went down. Well, yeah, of course, he's gonna lead you to some conspiracy theories, because you know. The mind wants to find a solution. The the heart wants to find resolve. You know, the soul needs some kind of, uh, if not clarification, then, then definitely some kind of closure. So it's it's natural for the mind to, or for everything else to kind of jump to conclusions and to and to want to assume in because it's it's we're reaching for hope. I'm saying we're grasping at straws, and and uh, at the end of things we just we want justice. We want. And what's so funny that in that same regard, as much as we want all that, we want to know where you've been, we want to know how long you was there, and then we want to make sure we get a whole bunch of likes, and we're saying we got to make sure we say some of the pictures so that we're not traveling, we just sit on the motherfucking couch, we got something to post, and you know what I'm saying, talk about, keep the, the wheels spinning, Ariana Grande, you know, she recently had another single um, come out that, I don't know if it's in that new album of hers, but it's with her supposed best friend, Miss Victoria Monet. The song's called Monopoly, and this song is without any doubt written by someone in the early to mid-30s, male for damn sure, and gives out an insider of like when you turn off your GPS, and it was very pretentious, very like wanting to be in the text savvy era with emojis and shit flying out, minor twerking, and this bitch is so puppet. And I mean, and, and there's no doubt that, you know, at, at whatever said uh, Illuminati uh, covenant or meeting or prayer or um, soul sacrifice of a virgin, whatever uh, 
and something something bohemian groove whatever it is that that happens when it happens and she's being passed around like a motherfucking joint in a in a prison yard um i'm pretty sure that's where where magic happens and you know the quote-unquote selling the souls and things of that nature you know what i'm saying go down and uh, everyone takes a little bit of the catnip and and it's 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 no more apparent than uh when you in dealings like this so typical fanfare but the the, whole, the reason why i even mention it is because she says a line where she's like i like women and men don't whatever enter the rhyme word and it's so funny that in this social media uh scandal uh era that we're in where let's say like the kylie jenners and the whatever jordan woods uh of the world mixing with the sister and the Kardashians, you know, with that little drama and you want to see two really make it so then you get two friends and then you show pictures of them since they were kids were they in the same picture i mean that looks like like these bitches just like send me a baby picture and they fucking you know what i'm saying cropped it and put whatever said layout in order to get it to, to make it and it's a cutesy song but people went nuts questioning sexuality and i don't even know why that's even a thing knowing that you know what i'm saying she's just a little sex puppet so of course you know what i'm saying like you're gonna cater to your and again shout out to mormons finally recognizing lbgt to get baptized and it's like i don't know i just feel I, I when i see things i'm like this is such a cash in such a cash in and sometimes you gotta just save your ass um and another instance of when you know something something gets out into the social webs and people put their two cents and and witness such uh miracles or atrocities and michelle crow uh i guess she's i don't know if she still does it country uh singer i guess you can call her country singer right and uh she was talking shit about tesla on twitter because apparently her screen had went, went black and she couldn't get the motherfucker to run uh elon musk tweets at her tells her how to fix the brightness and on with their hunky hurry day and people hating and of course you know saying oh, because she's a celebrity and yeah no fucking shit someone puts you on blast you're gonna do the best you can and I'm, but at the same time without having to cover your p's and q's that was such a good demonstration of customer service that it's gnarly and for and for people to to, to shit on him and want him to be away from the companies that he runs it's like why he's in it you know what i'm saying he's involved i'm pretty sure he controls that creative aspect you know, so, I don't know, shouts out to that, and then shouts out, um, who I guess people who are in real crisis, not someone who can't leave the motherfucking parking lot to get to whatever set place that she has to get to, and it, which isn't throwing any sort of shit, because, oh, we got, we all got to get places, um, but I guess someone who's going more, um, uh, somewhere for a while, possibly, and we, I think we've kind of seen her there before, back in 07, uh, but Miss Britney Spears, yo, I know y'all heard she's kind of going back to the, to the nothing. I don't, I don't. It would sound respectful to say loony bin, because it's a serious matter of disease, and dysfunction, and and needing super glue of the sorts. And you know, what I'm saying her daddy had just had, uh, I don't know what happened to him where he, she needs to be at home like she can't get a fucking nose room. But you know, I guess she loves him a lot, and uh, her baby sister, who we've seen whore through the Nintendo, not Nintendo, I'm saying Nickelodeon. Uh, Spears of Life, Miss Jamie Lynn, uh, she had like a paranormal anal eruption, which I wondered if someone blast through her ass or did something just fucked up happen. But all this craziness is going around in Miss Britney Spears. Again, she's uh, checking into a mental health facility. And uh, I'm saying it real douchebaggery, but I, I don't mean it in such ways. It, it's just crazy that we have one end of spectrums and these other end of spectrums, and yet I'm not hearing 
I'm not hearing uh, what I thought I'd be hearing. People either making mockeries or, or wondering what the fuck's going on and wondering, is this, you know, okay, because I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I smoked a little bit. I don't think I was, but you know, I'm not turning out that I did. And now I'm wondering, because, you know, out of fear of, of robots, you know what I'm saying, taking over and clones. Like I said, I just watched us. It's, it's very gnarly. And us being of peasant rabbits in the scheme of, uh, of life. And it makes me fucking wonder, like, did her circuits fry and... You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way to contain it because the knowledge and information that's carried on has some sort of virus. A virus? I don't know. No shots out to her and her craziness. It's just, it, it seems like a, like a harsh um, celebrity can can take you so many which ways. The ability um, to, to, to maneuver in, in areas that are both in the fucking public and that, you know, are ever enduring and happening it's, it's it's difficult for motherfuckers to shake and jab you know what i'm saying and, and i don't know for some reason i'm thinking of a little wayne language that shook and jab y'all niggas as sweet as apple pie but um yeah no, it's difficult and i think we need relief we need some kind of uh i don't know a dose of of anti-reality like anti-matter something just totally fucking different some kind of house house to add to the fuckery of whatever ill-seasoned uh, manna has been given and you know we can only be so lucky right we're, we're so fucking first world and so bitchy in our in our in our blessings <laughs> that i was taken by motherfucking storm again not only from our pop stars losing their shit our young whores paving the way as as uh, unfortunately we see them do and then again losing such precious gems like mr nipty out so enters little nas x and when i saw that fucking name i was like no fucking way it's a name how is there a little nas is that his son and who can be so bold to take the letter x well apparently this motherfucker made some kind of country song and for whatever fucking reason it's tied to red dead redemption which pisses me off because that game is such a fucking beautiful game but i couldn't fucking finish it it's too many hours i think i barely made it outside of winter and uh I don't know, in, in other adult, adultness that doesn't allow me to, to continue. And, and I started hating on it right away. I'll be honest with you. For, for any of those that, that haven't heard it who have, look, just right away. I hate it. I couldn't stand it. I, I saw the video. I'm like, how they have not copywritten this shit down? I mean, people do gameplay footage all the time, so maybe not. Um, but apparently it got them on the fucking country billboards. Uh, or some kind of sound wave shit, some kind of billboard charts. I'm not too sure where he at. he's at in, on the Nelson tip, but it was the point where they had to take his ass down from the country tip, which I don't know if he's, he's a little nigglet or not. But then motherfucking Billy Ray Cyrus jumps on the song called Hotel Road, which, for as catchy as it is, it upsets me how much my fucking kids like it. And then they just call it the Red Dead Redemption song. And, um, yeah, I don't got nothing positive to say other than this fucking thing became a hit sounds a big country but it has a trap beat to it and uh the fact that billy ray cyrus again most notably known for by three things that do with the mullet the dude that said ain't ricky hart miley cyrus daddy so it's a trip to see him jump on this shit. And I can tell he's culture appropriation vulturing the fuck out of this thing because when you hear his fucking verse as country as his country as sounds He's fucking cooning it like a motherfucker with his Maserati and his flashiness and his flexing and his whatnot. But uh, yeah, yo, I implore y'all, if y'all haven't heard this song, 
um, peep it out, I guess. I mean, I'm contributing to the, the madness that it is that viral sensation, but I'll be honest with you, when I fucking heard it, I just, I still, uh, I still can't believe it. I still can't believe the name. I can't believe the audacity. Um, I'm all around just ensprawled. And uh, um, I'm hating like a motherfucker. But, yo, God bless it. And and such unpleasantness, fuckery, and uh, blessing, really. All right, but I can only be entertained for so long. So that's going to do it for your entertainment news. On to more unpleasantness and realities. All right, so reality. It's a bitch, right? Karma. It's a bitch, right? The things that we had to carry with us, like burdens. That's a motherfucking bitch. I would imagine, I would assume, maybe I'm just calling it square, square, but what have yous. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, uh, it can be less than pleasant sometimes. And sometimes, you know what I'm saying? We take certain things to be able to take certain edges off. You know what I'm saying? I mentioned the opioid issues with fentanyl and, and whatnot. Um, one common, very legal, and quite, part of the social norm is drinking alcohol you know what i'm saying i i can you know what i'm saying have a beer every now and again I'll, I'll fuck with some wine if it tastes real sweet and the 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 fruity bitch in me can enjoy himself you know um you know yeah sure why not but i'm I can give them fucks about it and the fact that it can kill so many people and that it makes motherfuckers totally different people than when they are normally or even maybe than who they even want to be it's mind-boggling that such a motherfucking thing exists now apparently one of the things uh that has recently be spread more whether you would call it with the fake news epidemics whether you call it the power of um i can't remember the fucking name they're tied with Target, uh, not Instagram, uh, fucking, oh, I'm, like, I'm not thinking about it, where you make lists, Pinterest, the ones, shit sorts and shits like that, where, uh, you know, you get all this propaganda that somehow just by the sheer fact of, you know, social network size and bandwidth, you know, shit takes things by storm, well, anyways, as as you may have heard, they said that if you were to drink, you know, once every now and again, that it, it helps your heart. Well, that's fucking bullshit. They're saying that blood pressure and strokes, shit like that, the, the risks rise steadily the more alcohol people drink. And again, previous claims have said that one or two drinks a day might protect against stroke. And apparently that's just natural according to a study that seems pretty wide. And I'll cover some of the... Um, the corners of this shit because the research which again uses data from about 1600,000 strong uh, cohort of Chinese adults which again it sounds biased already uh, but many of whom again are unable to drink alcohol due to um, genetic intolerance anti our Native Americans here hello brothers how uh, anyways they found that people who drink moderately consuming 10 to 20 grams of alcohol I'm not too sure how many grams and ounces how the fuck is going to do that uh, a day though uh, people who do that run the risk of stroke or raise the the risk of stroke by 10 to 15 percent you figure oh well, i mean that's just a shred i mean yeah it's just like fucking eating some pork you know what i'm saying it might just get to you but they're also saying that for heavy drinkers consuming four or more drinks a day because this is where you now be more technical uh we're not so much technical but you know for the fuck trying to bullshit blood pressure rises significantly and the risk of stroke again increases by 35 percent so again the more the merrier, but more definitely the heavier. Anyways, the key message here is that at least for stroke, there is no protective effect of moderate drinking. 
And again, that shit can hit you at any fucking time. These come from motherfuckers up in Oxford. So again, I'll let you read into the, um, the article for more details. But the fact that it's estimating that two to three, two point three uh, billion people worldwide drink alcohol. Again, it's a very booming industry, uh, with average person daily consumption at thirty three grams of pure alcohol a day, and that's roughly equivalent to like two one hundred fifty milliliter glasses of wine, which. I hate the fact that this article is telling me shit milliliters because we never fuck with the metric system. But at the same time, tell me, is this a drink size? This is a small, a medium, a grande? What the fuck is this? But they're also saying, and they're throwing out some mystery, uh, people from of, of East Asian descent, I guess many of whom have variants of that kind of intolerance. Again, just is is your curve. They fuck up the curve at math, and they definitely fuck up the curve when it comes to alcohol consumption. But again, it shouldn't go without saying how easily... People use this very method again because it's so easy, it's so effective, it's 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 roughly affordable. You know what I'm saying? Your average bum can collect two two dollars and fifty cents. He can get himself a motherfucking forty or a doll boy and enjoy himself. You know what I'm saying? With uh, with little efforts. Um, again, it's it's not that far of a stretch from just again just being so easily accessible. So we should wonder it being like that. Is that why they want to stop weed? But. At the same time, not that they want to stop it, but they wouldn't want to allow because, okay, it's going to get us in that fucking, that sort of rabbit hole. But then at the same fucking time, think about how much more healthier, and if not healthier, then just safer. And if not, well, come on, yeah, think about it. You're going to slow down. You're going to think about it just a little bit. You might fucking stay in and not be out there putting motherfuckers at risk because, you know what, you as relaxed as can be. But you're not fucking nodding off like some motherfucking pills that you probably drank with some goddamn bottle of vino. And, you know, shit's popping off like it does. And see, and then because of these companies that, again, whether they get relief, whether they have some kind of temporary cure, whatever it is that, that, that they promise that somehow we believe and I guess must work, right, if, it, if it's continuing... It sets a price. It sets a bar. That bar gets raised, whether it be for the... People blame it on fucking inflation, but real talk, motherfuckers just want to make more. Yeah, things can get more expensive to produce, but really, there then becomes cheaper methods to to develop. So, you know what I'm saying? Not to say not to use the Rob Peter to pay Paul, but you know what I'm saying? You fucking... You cut corners until all of a sudden, nigga, not only did you take my crust, but you eat my goddamn cheese at the same time. And what I'm trying to say... Because I'm getting a little, I'm feeling it a little bit. Um, there's been an absurdly high cost in, in medications rising. And we see it from those fucks like, uh, god damn, what was that douchebag's name who tried to raise that AIDS thing? Which again, small, minor community. You know what I'm saying? Not to say minor, not to say that it's not major, not to say that it's not life-threatening. Because it could happen to anybody, but still semi-controlled, right? Um, not... Mass hysteria of people, and again, and it's not that it's you know that fucking attack, attack, attack. It's not like you can just tip over and die from it. Usually, unless you're battling for fucking many years. But I'm I'm trying to talk about shit like diabetes, you know, shit like cancer, and where people rely on these medications, and especially uh, the older community who, you know, uh, may not have that many years to live. That sounds so grip. Um, may not have that much of a, of a of a income because they're relying into a fucking system that they that they paid into that um, you know somehow makes agreements with all these other companies to take a little piece of the pie, so that 
it makes it difficult to be able to live the way that you want to live if you're solely depending on this one fucking thing because that's kind of all that they pushed upon you or all that you knew that was available. You know what I'm saying? It's keeping people in this fucking hole in this system that, uh, you know, just continue to fuck and populate and further fuck inwardly uh, into oblivion. And one of the big things uh, that I had picked up from an article on Vox was about high cost of like insulin and think about it, people who are on a fixed income can't afford you know what i'm saying to be paying these hundreds of dollars and i used to work i'm gonna talk a little bit of shit now i'm no longer with them nor do i see myself joining the ranks again i used to work for sigma and again as good of a company as people would want to see by their benefits and by the hours and by location and convenience and whatever fucking bullshit amenity that you want to put on top of a shit sandwich it is what it is and they're one of the most um, major insurers out there. And they, supposedly, again, making this statement, because this is the statement, uh, that they're going to put a, a cap of insulin cost at $25. Because, mind you, these fucking shits, which you could put a cap on a goddamn day, but a pack will cost you $100. So, uh, just for motherfucking needles, just for some goddamn test strips, for some bullshit. And again, it's a band-aid on a much bigger problem. Now, when inventor Frederick Banting discovered insulin back in 1923, he refused to put his name on the pen. He felt that there was it was unethical for a doctor to profit from a discovery that would save lives. So Banting's co-inventors, James Collip and Charles Bass, they sold the insulin patent to the University of Toronto uh, for a mere fucking dollar. They went... They wanted everyone who needed the medication to be able to afford it. Today, Banting and his colleagues will fucking be spitting in their graves, fucking shitting on themselves, because the drug, which again many of the three million uh, Americans with diabetes rely on, has become the poster child for pharmaceutical price gouging. Now, the cost of four most popular types of insulin has tripled over the past decade. And the out-of-pocket prescription costs patients now face have doubled. Now, by 2016, the average price of insulin rose to $450 per month. Now, the costs continue to rise so much that many as one in four people with the diabetes are now skimping or skipping life-saving doses. And I've seen it, not seen it, but I've heard it. Like, I've had these people who, again, can either want to rub it in your face and be like, oh, well, I guess I'll fucking die. Or, again, take shit with a bit of fucking pride and have to really make these sacrifices. Now, members of Congress have been pursuing drug companies, or they've been pressuring drug companies and pharmacies and benefit ma managers to bring insulin costs under control. Now, apparently, last Wednesday, one healthcare company showed that it's, again, attempting to respond to the problem. Now, the insurance company, again, Bohemoth, that is Cigna, and its pharmacy benefit arm, Express Scripts, which, again, they have their, their dick on in, what have you, in-house, announced... Excuse me. They they announced, and I'm trying to pull up the, see if I can pull up the, the numbers here. Where is it at? Because, again, they're putting a cap on it. Um, I'm trying to see. It's launching pretty soon. Uh, they announced a new program, again, it's going to give it a 30-day cost of insulin at $25. Now, again, that's a 40% reduction from the $41.50 per month fee people with Express Scripts benefits were paying back in 2018. And the program is expected to launch later this year for insurance plans that work with Express Scripts benefits. Now, mind you, keeping shit in-house, keeping shit in-network, typical contractual shit. By, ne by, by next year, though, all diabetes patients on Cigna plans 
will be able to join, according to the Washington Post, which again, like, hey, hey, Bezos, him trying to make his little stunt. And and he's, I think, I forget the name of the company, but he's starting his own sort of insurance thing. So, you know, he's going to try to top that bitch one more again. Anyways, but it has as many effect as 700,000 patients who rely on Cigna or Express Scripts, you know, when they do their home delivery pharmacy shit for insulin coverage. And they're going to apply even before they met their deductible, which, again, should be a fucking standard shit wait a long fucking time ago but with the with there's a bunch of separate catches so in order for Cigna patients to participate their employers will have to opt in to change the plan which guess what they have is one fucking year good luck Chuck trying to convince it um, you know but Cigna is just one of the many insurance companies out there again covering less than 1% of the 23 million living with the diabetes here in America now I quote any measure that helps only a portion of the population through uh, some old word <laughs> deals between the players responsible and the crises, uh, not a solution. Again, this is, comes from Elizabeth uh, Feister, the founder and executive director of Patent Group T1 International. And again, I'm not too sure exactly who they are, but they're saying that, that they need long-term assurance. Again, manufacturers will hold accountable the prices to be affordable, not another, you know, band-aid, which again, I feel like happened when generics became a thing. Because, again, even though you're creating, you're owning patents and you're, you know, creating these alternate ways to create these shits by removing one thing that might be more expensive than the next, just simply because, again, you're covering fucking bases. So, to see this, again, it's a it, it's a step in the fucking right direction, but it's a bad thing nonetheless. And, again, how is that going to justify the price increase, which, again, is going to happen and is going to create some kind of weird funnel effect that has to. Anyways, but they're saying that type 1 diabetes, which affects about 5% of people with diabetes in the U.S., the immune system attacks the insulin-producing cells in the pancreas, leaving the body with little to none uh, of the hormone. So with type 2 diabetes, the pancreas still makes insulin, but the body has grown resistance to its effects. So in both cases, patients rely on insulin medication to keep energy from food flowing uh, into the bodies. Now, the, the U.S. global outlier... Um, Outlier, yeah, money spent the drug is ridiculous. Again, representing only 15% of the global insulin market and draining almost half of the pharmaceutical industry's insulin revenue. So, according to the study, back in 1990, Medicaid paid between 2.36 cents and $4.43 per unit of insulin. Now, by 2014, those prices, again, more than triple depending on the, the formulation. So the doctors and researchers who study insulin say that it, yet another example, along with EpiPens and, and decades-old uh, generation uh, generic drugs, companies, again, raising the cost of their products because of the lax regulatory environment around drug pricing. And then they're doing it because they can. Again, Mr. Spicoli, Spinelli, I forget his fucking name, uh, what the age thing is. It's just, it's something that, I mean, what the fuck can you do? How can you stop it? You need Z, you need A to survive. You need B to to battle A, but it gives you a, a C. It, it just costs a whole lot. And, um, yo, it's so damn sad to see that you know, that we can lose so many so easily over something that, again, doesn't cost that much, but at the same time, not everyone can afford. And although most in the country even are, because um, I guess technically um, the American dream, right, that's that's what the middle, middle America, and I don't mean like Kansas or Idaho, I'm talking like um, middle class, but even then, 
even middle class has become a bit higher because the majority of people don't even cut it to that. You know what I'm saying? Whether falling from graces or just not really being in that kind of economical sort of setting. And just to think that, I mean, so many, again, can can be taken out, can be pushed away, and you could say it's survival of the fittest. You could say only the strong survive. You could say it's a system that's perf- perfectly operating because, again, if they weren't maybe in this said situation, then they wouldn't be getting lost to such a shitty cause. If that makes any sense. If the tiny germs got you, then, you know what I'm saying, how the fuck are you going to send them to the big ones? And that's as as uh that's I think that's the fear that that's out there. And then again, we put all this reliance on these companies, on set insurance, on this bullshit scheme that again will get you to pay into something, but when you actually need it, you had to pay a whole lot more to finally use it. And then once that happens, if you're so lucky to make it to that fucking third stage, well, then good luck uh, having second opinions. Good luck affording the medications. Good luck having that need did uh, surgery or or precaution, you know, drug that, you know, can ultimately save you. And that's a great way to fucking flush it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I see a bunch of fucking bugs, I want to swip it out as quickly as possible. And uh, who got time to let a butterfly be? Yeah, and it's kind of funny because I was just thinking of the the butterfly effect. And, uh, and some people can talk shit about the Ashton Kutcher movie, which, funnily enough, is actually becoming a motherfucking musical, which is ridiculous. But the concept, though, of such a thing of one tiny change or happening creates creating a ripple and just, again, the Google fucking butterfly effect. It really makes me wonder about all two universes, about uh, those moments of serendipity or um, what do they call it? Fucking deja vu, those, those things where they say it could be you dying in some other universe. It could be you, um, again, having this repeat moment where either you're meant to be where you're supposed to be or again and all the more fucking confusing that the fact that you fucked up you should have made this fucking turn let this be the reminder oh yeah nigga, I, I got off the freeway on this exit and this is where i should be getting off this is me and you would hope that you can catch these moments and you would hope that you can stop the bad from happening you would hope um that with fate you know and destiny that it would be you know, forever in your favor, and then sometimes it's it, it it's not, and you can't control such things, and that's where as as uh, powerful or as much as you are, your steer, and you are your force, you are your entity. Again, there's moments where it's you know, it's the the part that's above you, and that's so fucking gnarly. And that's so scary, and that can make you be a shut-in and not want to move an inch. It can make you fear for your life and never stop moving. It's supposed to make you feel the way that it does so that, again, the the continuing could, could occur. And not to end this in a bummer, but, again, we're getting to the main fucking point of, of things. And if it's not businesses wanting to run you ragged and run you dry, then it's probably motherfucking serial killer trying to. So I was able to dig up, uh, I guess, some true evil that, you know, send some sort of chills up your spine or down your, your, your ghibli bits. And there was a serial killer 
or a, a killer that had said in court regarding a 15 year old girl that he had pushed off a cliff and left for dead which again she managed to survive but it's a whole mess of thing to on another day he was quoted saying if it's the last thing i'll do i'll finish the job so again whoever the fuck pushed him to have himself pushing bitches off of things is real fucking gnarly there was a female serial killer who uh, was a prostitute who would shoot her customers at point blank range and she was quoted saying i want the world to know i killed these men as cold as ice and have hated humans for a long time and then she again just boastfully saying you know i am a serial killer and this was an eileen Uronos which uh, I'm thinking some kind of risky type. I'm not too sure. Um, there was another one. It was uh, about a young girl who had strangled two boys in England and had felt no remorse for what she had did. And the truly evil little girl uh, from a stuff of nightmares was quoted saying, murder isn't that bad. We all die sometime anyway. Her name was Mary Bell and she was 11 years old. Now, there is uh, Richard Ramirez, who was dubbed the Night Stalker. And after murdering 14 people in court, he also had said that Lucifer dwells within us all. And was quoted saying, big deal, death comes with the territory. See you in Disneyland. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, another uh, one known as the Boston Strangler, uh, DeSalvo, had murdered 13 women in the early 1960s. And Mr. Albert Albert uh, DeSalvo was quoted saying, I wasn't as dark and scary as it sounds. I had a lot of fun killing somebody's a funny experience. And it's one of those things when someone goes from crying to laughing, those motherfuckers are probably out the goddamn rockers. Now, there was an infamous uh, cult leader who uh, is known for leading the Manson Party through a series of nine murders back in 1969. Shout out to Quentin Tarantino and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because that shit looks fucking bonkers. But he was quoted saying, if you're going to do something, do it well and leave something witchy. Mm. It was a very serious case, though, of uh, Nightmare Fuel. The construction worker would dress up as a terrifying clown and, you know, this motherfucker would lure men into his home. Now, the murderer was the uh, inspiration for Twisty the Clown on American's Horror uh, Story. And he was quoted saying, the dead won't bother you. It's the living you have to worry about. Shout out to John Wayne Gacy. And another one known as the co-ed killer, Kemper, Edmund Kemper, he had murdered 10 people over a span of 9 years, and this motherfucker was quoted saying, one side of me says, I'd like to talk to her, date her, the other side of me says, I wonder what her head would look like on a stick, you know, some twisted motherfuckers, yo. Uh, there was uh, another cat here, known from the years of 1974 to 1986, that's a good span, Joseph James D'Angelo, he had murdered 13 people and committed over 100 burglaries in California, he was known as the Golden State Killer, and he was quoted saying, you'd be silent forever, and I'll be gone in the dark, that's some fucking, I'm gonna get you bitch, you'll be silent forever, 
and I'll be gone in the dark. See, those are the motherfuckers that like to leave the clues. You know what I'm saying? I put all my dumb business out there. I'm a real retarded killer because, you know what I'm saying, I, I think I'm going to get you, but I already told you. You saw me coming 10 feet away. Uh, another one, uh, Panzam was a serial killer, an arsonist, a robber, and a burglar who claims to have murdered 21 people. And Mr. Carl Panzram had said, I wish you all had one neck and that I had my hands on it. Like, you know, some that goes out shooting or strangling in his case. The, uh, the killer's trademark was uh, BTK, Blind Torture Kill. He's currently serving 10 life sentences up in Kansas. Mr. Dennis Ratter said, I actually think I may be possessed with demons. I was dropped on my head as a kid. And wouldn't that fucking scare me that, like a motherfucker all the fucking knocks the head my baby's taken? And God bless us and uh, protect us. Um, another cat who, funny enough, and I'm not too sure if you can call it funny, but in the 1980 or 1890s, Holmes had uh, bought a drugstore in Chicago and built a hotel. You know, he was uh, convicted for killing 27 people and appeared as a character on the American Horror Story. And Mr. H.H. Holmes, or as you can see my wrestling fans like to call Triple H, uh, he said, I was born with the devil in me. I cannot help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. And as someone who has ever-flowing words out of you, if that's what's ever-flowing in you, strangle them real quick and it scares me to shudder to think that you may have the one source of evil at your at your palms like nigga everyone can be abraham and think they could take not knock it out but uh, speaking of uh myths called the vampire of dusseldorf the german killer was known to drink the blood of his victims oh fucking peter curtain and uh, he said after my head is chopped off i will still be able to hear at least for a moment and the sound of my own blood gushing from the stump of my neck and obviously he was very fucked um speaking of which infamous killer murdered close to 20 men and boys from the late um 70s to early 90s he's especially known for doing uh, for doing an MSNBC interview where he revealed secrets about being said serial killer. I'm talking about Mr. Fucking Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, King of the Queers. And he said, no, the killing was not the objective. I wanted to have the person under my complete control, not having to consider their wishes, uh, being able to keep them for as long as I wanted. And that's a selfish bastard right there. You got to look out for them. Speaking of which, referred to as Son of Sam, the New York killer who is currently serving six life sentences. He claimed to be part of a satanic cult. Yes, I'm talking about Mr. David Richard Barkowitz. And uh, he said, I was literally singing to myself on the way home after the killing. And, you know what I'm saying? I guess it's not really work when you love what you do. But uh, but last but not least, all right, we're going to finish this off because I don't know why the fuck I picked this at the, for the very end. Um, but we have the ins, uh, insane uh, Ted Bundy, who is still getting massive attention in mass media because of the film industry, again, nearly 40 years later. But Mr. Ted Bundy had said, we, and I guess I'm about serial killers, are your sons. We're your husbands. And we grew up in regular families. And to think that, again, you have, we have no control of these things should be the scariest fucking thing. Fuck a jump scare. Fuck some kind of Final Destination bullshit that, again, your time is going to be your time. But it's so funny and a fucked up being in Yang sort of way 
the Lord, the devil, what have you, whatever the fuck you want to call it, sets these things in motion. Again, we are a reflection of good. We are a reflection of evil. We are whatever it is that we want to be. And when we have these things that are created, that are, again, not always created equal, it's just, I don't know. I'm going to let y'all mull that over. I'm going to let y'all sink your teeth into that. If y'all have made it again to the end of this show, I want to thank you. You're saying if you can deal with hearing the, the craziness that you're hearing, I want to praise you. Kind of like Jesus. I just want to you know, praise you. I just want to sing. And I definitely, again, want, I implore you, again, along with that, uh, whatever fucking thing I mentioned earlier, um, I want to hope that you can visit the website, again, www.arizonasoulpodcast.com, for y'all that ain't in the know, we are formerly uh, the I'm Blackies Mexican podcast, usually on my solo tip of source, regardless, uh, which again, I'm your dude, Sopapo. You can find me at S-O-U-L-P-A-P-O on most social medias. Can you try and slip a nigga $20 bill on the cash app as a capital S-O-U-L, capital P-A-P-O. Um, but like I said, most social medias, motherfucking Gmail, what have you, just reach and uh, holler. And if you want to become a producer of the show, by all means, go to www.patreon.com slash Be a friend. Talk your shit. Oh, yeah, because you can call. So, again, call the number 480-588-4688. I repeat, 480-588-4688. Say what's up. No, we don't need insurance. Nigga, we covered. I appreciate you. God is good. And, um, you know, be well and be merry. God bless you. I came.